0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna Jarrett Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I got baseball in my hand. Yeah. And everybody around sports and baseball thinking about the legendary Hank Aaron today. Passes away at the age of 86. One oh, of the giants of sports, really. If you think about it, mm-hmm. everybody knows who Hank Aaron is, right? Yep. Oh, with that, I mean, I, I grew up knowing who Hank Aaron was. Obviously,
1: he played before my time. Um, but he was a big influence in the city of Milwaukee, uh, a big influence in the Milwaukee Brewers. So, like, as a kid growing up, uh, and if you followed the Brewers, like, you knew who Hank Aaron was.
0: Yeah, and then obviously onto the Atlanta Braves, so this area of the country, uh, certainly well aware. But, I mean, even he finished up before I was born, too. Yeah. But we know Hank Aaron. We know that trip around the bases. We know number 715. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what he had to go through to battle racism and, and fight through and, and persevere and perform at the level that he performed one of the illustrious careers of all the sports over two decades long. Um, Coos isn't a baseball fan. He knows who Hank Aaron is. My kids are 15. They never watched Hank Aaron clips probably, but they know who Hank Aaron is, you know? So I think uh, from age five to 105, everybody knows who Hank Aaron is, whether you like baseball or not. I mean, that's the kind of giant in the the realm of sports. Mm -hmm. Very few people like that. See, like we live sports. So Mm -hmm. we think like – even right now, I guess Tom Brady, I don't think has even reached that status kind of yet from a kind of an historical perspective, even though we know he's the GOAT, but he's still playing. Uh, and maybe he has, you know, but I, I think we say say Drew Brees, right, mm-hmm. or Aaron Rodgers, we kind of feel like those guys are unbelievable. Like Patrick Mahomes, everybody knows who they are. That's not true. Uh, not not everybody knows who they are. Like you go to the grocery store and people don't know who they are. And they're like, what? Sure. Well, those same people would know who Hank Aaron is. That's my point. They know who Babe Ruth is, right? They, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan has that. Uh, those kind of those are rare now. I mean, that is a rare athlete mm-hmm. that every single person in the grocery store can tell you they, they've heard of Hank Aaron.
1: Yeah, so it's crazy because, like I said, Hank Aaron was super big around Milwaukee for a long time, still is. I mean, you know, there's a statue outside of Miller Park and everything, but he's also, um, it's a small world, he's big in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. We're home of the pickle. Now, the reason why Hank Aaron is big in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, is because that's where he played his minor league ball at. Okay. Uh, he played for the eau claire bears i believe they were called and there's obviously a statue outside of their stadium as well but the reason why i bring that up is because my best friend ap we call him um went to school in eau claire actually lived in hank aaron's house um, when he was going to school lived in hank aaron's house when hank aaron was playing in eau claire wisconsin how about that yeah so and i guess um and AP is from that area as well so his grandma knew hank aaron
0: when he was playing minor league ball for the eau claire bears that is wild i, I think you know uh JP small field uh here in Jacksonville I think um there's stories of Hank Aaron and some are good and some are bad like mm-hmm. I I've, I've actually tried to dive into that story but I think because of the 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 strong tone of racism at the time mm-hmm. some people have told me that there aren't great feelings for Hank Aaron in these parts mm-hmm. um and then then I've heard otherwise so I don't really know fully if, if I'm being fully transparent but then like we go to made the trip to Birmingham to see the Egg Bowl and uh prior in Mississippi and then re- drove over to Auburn but we stopped through Birmingham and obviously you I think we saw like the oldest park at the time like it was like the oldest park of that's that exists. Mm-hmm. And Hank Aaron had played like so it's like Hank Aaron played here. Hey, yeah. Aaron's been here. Hank mm-hmm. Aaron. Like people have those stories like you just mentioned. right? Oh, me, I like, lived in this house. Yeah. Right. Or he, this is where he stayed at the time because it was a different world. Yeah. You know, in terms of just baseball in general uh, at that moment. And Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp with a fantastic tweet today. Uh, He broke the color color barrier in the South Atlantic League with the 1953 Jacksonville Braves, went on to lead the league in runs, hits, doubles, uh, total bases, average, and was named the league MVP as the Braves won the uh, S.A.L. title, this old Sally League, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, So, again, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, this is a guy that not only had one of the most crowning achievements of all time, it was the home run king, and many people still call the real home run king because of the tarnished nature of Barry Bonds. But became this epic sports hero even after at the time, which is still, I think, one of the most crazy dynamics of it all, where he became so beloved in our country. But at the time, wasn't because he broke a beloved record. Yeah. You know, and he was a black man breaking a white man's record. who was a beloved yeah. white man in Babe Ruth. You know, obviously, as a kid who, who
1: didn't grow up around that time, I, you know, you grow up hearing about Jackie Robinson and all that he had to endure um, in terms of racism and all of that. But, like, you know, people forget that after Jackie Robinson, there was a lot more players that had to endure a lot, and Hank Aaron being one of them. And the fact that he was able to do what he did at the highest of levels Break the home run record um, all while doing what people were essentially rooting against him. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, death threats. Yeah, exactly. Mail. Like that, that. That's even harder. And I understand, like, listen, we don't live in a perfect country and I understand that. But that's even hard to fathom right now, because usually if an athlete is going for a record like we we, we stand by, we
0: cheer for him because we want to see history. Yeah. We, we want to be a part of it and say we saw that happen. And yeah, if Tiger Woods that, was going to break Jack Nicklaus's record, yeah. he wouldn't have to be dealing with what no. Hank Aaron dealt with in 1974.
1: Without a doubt, and the fact that Hank Aaron was to play at such a high level and go through what he had to go through, you know, off the field and in terms of doing it, remain classy, um, you know, remain a guy who, for the, I mean, from what I've heard, was the, the ultimate sportsman. Um, It's something that we can only aspire to be, Yes,
0: Hank Aaron is one of the reasons why I always say this. If somebody could put me in a place in time other than right now, Mm -hmm. I would pick between 1940s and 1960s and see all the greats play baseball. And other things, too, from boxing to horse racing to whatever, you name it. Uh, The time period, that era in sports, but primarily because of baseball. So I could see Bob Gibson. So I could see maybe even the latter years of Ted Williams and Mickey Mantle Mm -hmm. and Hank Aaron. And those kind of players play. I I think uh, although we have some of the – we might be living in the greatest era of athlete right now, quite frankly. From LeBron James to Tiger Woods to Tom Brady and others, I still believe that was just this golden time. Of, of American sport, and especially when it comes to baseball, which is, which is of course, one of my favorites. So the legendary Hank Aaron passed away at the age of 86, uh, so sad news, but as I say in these things a lot, I understand the sad nature of it, uh, losing a legend, but I also think it's one of the great opportunities to celebrate uh, a legend who made so many impacts. I would love to know this, and and I don't even know how many statues he has, but he feels like... He might be amongst the leaders of statues (laughs) in our sports figures. Like, can you even think of somebody else that might have more? I'm talking sports now. I'm not talking uh, political figures, you know, um, just other folks. You know, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I mean, like, as Martin Luther King might have a a lot of statues, uh, I don't know who others would even be on this list. It's just when you mentioned, like, a statue, I was like, man, I feel like there are statues or plaques or or remembrances or – things to honor Hank Aaron, maybe more than any other athlete that I, that I can no, remember. I'm you, sure Babe Ruth will be up there.
1: Yeah, well, and, and that's a good point because it seems like now, like, we've kind of shied away from the statues, I guess, a, a little, little bit. bit. And maybe. now it's more like, they're you expensive. know, <laughs> they're expensive. But, like, I remember, you know, when obviously when, when Kobe Bryant passed, like, they had, like, a big mural, like, on, on the oh, wall point, for Kobe yeah. Bryant. So, like, now it's more like wall murals, I feel like, more than statues. But to answer your question, I mean, nobody's really coming to mind. Um like, I would assume that Ali probably has a couple. Oh, I know he's got one in Louisville.
0: Um, but, man, yeah, I, I have no idea. Like I, And, I'm, again, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here. I don't yeah. know. But you brought it up, and I'm like, gosh, I feel like Atlanta, Milwaukee, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and other places. But, like, places that he didn't necessarily play his pro ball but that he stopped or whatever. was, yeah. uh, And it might just be a plaque. It might be something I might be getting a little carried away with the statue end of it. But I just feel like it's like, wow, uh, Hank Aaron swung a bat here. Boom. Yeah. We're putting a plaque here to tell you that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's that guy. Like, well, I,
1: I, people would come. Like, like I said, my friend lived in his house. Like people would come by my friend's house and say, dude, this is where Hank Aaron, like, you know, played um, minor league baseball. Like, we, we, we got to see this place. Like, it's just a normal house. There's nothing special to it. But like people want to be a part of that as well.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, great Hank Aaron uh, has, has died. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about it. If you want to talk more about it, you're always welcome to jump in. Uh, but uh, definitely one of the big stories in sports. Uh, today, we uh, don't usually start the show with baseball, but it's a little different day in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now do get back to the football. We have the NFL playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, big story. He says uh, released from protocol. We're going to talk about the NFL games. Yeah. So good news for the Chiefs. I'm not, uh, surprised. I, I'm not surprised. Not I, surprised. I don't know how I feel about that. And I think we might talk about this a little bit. Somebody tweeted over, during the week. It's like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes on the same weekend had concussions. It's like we just said, okay, they had concussions, and I think the nature of the story was like, are, are we so now numb to the fact that okay, you get concussions playing football, so be it. Let's move on. Mm. Next guy up. Let's see they I said, maybe the the bigger story after that was that we all assumed that, that Patrick Mahomes three hours after he got a concussion or was in concussion protocol, we all assumed he was playing in this game regardless. Yeah, that might be the bigger part of it. Mm-hmm. Like. Why do we all – like, you kind of smile at me when I said he passed concussion protocol. Like We all kind of – we are all under this impression, whether he passed legitimately or whether he didn't, he was going to pass and play. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Which I think then takes kind of the the conversation we had a little bit yesterday. It's a half a billion dollar investment now. This is not just for one game. This is not just for two games. This might not just be for another Super Bowl. This is something that you better do on the up and up for – First of all, a person's health. Yeah. But secondly, for your investment to be good and healthy for a long time to come. So I'm not suggesting that Kansas City's kind of skirted the rules or whatever of protocols. I don't think they did. I think he's ready to go. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But I do think we as kind of a sports society just assume, okay, he was going to play no matter what. Didn't matter if he had headaches. Didn't matter if he was still whatever. He was going to give it a go. And I think that's dangerous a little bit. Listen, it is. But at the same time, like the –
1: The, the Ravens one where Jackson went down was a lot worse than the Patrick Mahomes one, in my opinion,
0: in terms of concussions, right? Or do we ever know though, you know?
1: I I mean, I mean, listen, I'm saying the way it looked, at least. I mean, I don't know what they're feeling. Obviously, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I I can't tell you exactly what the diagnosis and, and how severe it was. But like, let's be honest here. The reason why we're so worried about it is because it's the quarterback position. I've seen punt returners, I've seen running backs, I've seen wide receivers get knocked out cold and in one or two weeks they come back and nobody seems seemed to bat an eyelash about it. But now since it's Patrick Mahomes, since it's one of the biggest players on one of the biggest stages of the AFC championship game, now we got to start questioning everything, which is, I mean, to me, it's a little, um, you know, you can't have it both ways. Now, is Patrick Mahomes 100%? I'm not sure. I just judge by what I saw from the hit and whether he was choked out, whether it was a, a pinch nerve, if you will, like the hit wasn't bad. And the the trauma that I saw when he went down didn't appear bad to me, so I was like I was, at least the optics are concerned like he didn't get stretchered out of there or anything like that, so I'm definitely not surprised that Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs are all systems go now because he is one of the best players in the NFL.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about the games and it again selfish I kind of say, well, it certainly is a hell of a lot more appealing than Chad Henne against yeah josh allen let's sure. be honest with ourselves right yeah i mean he is one of the great players in our in the league he's the face of the nfl right now he's the star of the nfl over the last couple of years and first of all i think it's important to note i'm glad he's healthy and back and hopefully that wasn't as big a um a deal as it first looked mm-hmm. because any concussion can be a big concussion that's more of the story and i i just don't want to just slide past that part Uh, So everybody will be keeping an eye, and and nobody's talking about the toe either. I mean, he was kind of limping around that entire game. So Mm -hmm. that will be interesting to watch on Sunday. What kind of health status for Patrick Mahomes, certainly early in that game, will be something that everybody is watching on Sunday. So we'll talk a little bit about the playoffs. Uh, Daryl Bevel, right, shortly after we got off the air yesterday Mm -hmm. uh, at Fleming Island Golf Club. Good thing we were there yesterday, not today, given the rain. Ooh, you're not Uh, lying. uh, That beer did taste good, though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Top of the tee was good.
1: Top of the tee was good. Um, I, you know, I, I think I hit one shot that was, like, within one yard. You, you or one, and one thought of thought was going cup. in.
0: Yeah, so I think that's pretty good. I was almost a hole-in-one. I, I was happy with it. Yeah. Uh, that was – you I, You impressed me yesterday. How hey, many times can you impress me? You oh, impressed me with the golf Oh, sport. okay.
1: See, you, you're giving me confidence. compliment. You had to reel it back in a little bit. You I, had to watch I, my I, ego. I, I do, appreciate yeah, it. I got to check yeah, that. Yeah, you, you got to
0: keep me grounded. Well, plus, I appreciate I'm just it. being fully honest. I yeah. mean, very few times do you impress me. So yeah. – <laughs> Hey, Kuz, all I'm saying, man, get ready. When we go back out there for a rematch
1: one day, me and you golfing, you better be ready, man. Yeah.
0: I'm, hey, I've been working I got some, on it. And I, and I haven't, but it I've been okay. intimidating
1: so much that I haven't even been invited back to defend my trophy I won last
0: year. Yeah, that's true. i got to bring that typewriter mm-hmm. on uh, Monday. Uh, the, by the, Kuz, that would be a good spot if we wanted to go, and that's a little bit out there from where everybody lives, but if we wanted to go out there with the significant others, wives for us, fiance for mm-hmm. you, Kuz, might be a nice little evening out. Yeah. Maybe we should do that sometime. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over there at Fleming Island Golf Club. Uh, but right after, Daryl Bevel. Yeah. Uh, is reported and now it's like the, I love this part right the Jags won't announce this for like 10 days but now we all know that Joe Cullen's a defensive coordinator and Daryl Bevel is the offensive coordinator can you just say something Jags can you just say yeah we're right you gotta go through the proper channels Brent come on now uh, but now no, like, with the you. reports have now changed to it's happened like yeah, they yeah. have been hired it's you, official. I mean, Wikipedia even has it on
1: there okay Yeah. so well, don't trust Wikipedia and everything
0: now we, but yeah go we ahead we talked a lot about Joe Cullen yesterday and I do want to talk a little bit more about him today but mm-hmm. Daryl Bevel What does it do for you? Uh, Does it do anything for you? Did you do you like the idea of that? Uh, Do you have reservations about that? I don't have necessarily reservations
1: about it. Like, once again, I'm, I'm pretty adamant that it's going to be the Urban Meyer show on offense, right? And he's probably going to be bouncing ideas um, off his offensive coordinator. So, like, when we talk about Bevel, comes from Seattle, worked very closely with Russell Wilson. So yeah. I do like that. Um, I'm sure he was uh, you know, a big part of the progress of, of Russell Wilson when he first got to the league to where he is now. So I, I can appreciate that. Obviously, when we talk about Bevel, he's known for literally one play, which, <laughs> I mean, hey, welcome to NFL man sometimes we have that one play uh, you're gonna be known for it. but obviously when you have the ball in the one yard line you have Marshawn Lynch in the backfield he chose chose to pass it Patriots intercept the ball Patriots win the Super Bowl important so
0: important note on that okay because I know that's always going to follow him and I get it and As that's it fine. should it should well it should but Pete Carroll has to say he's the head coach Pete That goes through Pete Carroll yeah. as well. And Pete Carroll no. can say, what the heck are you doing? No, listen, I understand, so, man, but you know how the NFL operates, I know, Brent. I'm just like, telling that's you. That's going to follow him. Uh, yeah. Pete Carroll had the chance to save him, and he, and did. he didn't. So he it was did. actually two coaches that let that go.
1: Well, true, but maybe Pete Carroll had trust in Bevel as well. Sometimes that's coaches funny. trust each other. Brent, you'd be surprised. Yeah, me. maybe. Yeah, so obviously he's known for that one play. Um, spent some time in Detroit. And uh, like overall, um, I, th- I think it's an okay, like, listen, I-, I don't know, until I see it on the field, until I see this offense come to fruition, it's hard to really comment on it, right, because he's had some good, he's had some bad, and I'll tell you what I like, actually, nay, I'll tell you what I love, I love when Marvin Jones goes on uh, Twitter and was like, ah, Bell was going to, to Jacksonville, and he had like a little grinning
0: Grinch thing, you can get Marvin Jones out of this, why not? I like Marvin Jones. So do you think he, he liked that idea for maybe that could be a landing spot or for, for Jones? Marvin, yeah. Or do you think no. he liked that because, thank goodness, he's not coming back here? No, I think more he likes it as a landing spot because I'm pretty sure he's going to be a free agent now. So Is uh, he a free agent as well? I know yeah. Galladay is a free agent. But uh, let me go ahead and
1: check that real quick, Brent. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. Here. Okay.
0: Uh, Marvin Jones is really inconsistent, by the way, I think, uh, oh. throughout the year. Oh. Wasn't he? I mean – it was the Kenny God Kenny is the one receiver. But Marvin
1: yeah. Jones had a couple big games I know he had a couple season. big games. I yeah. was just saying
0: he had some inconsistencies. I don't know. Matthew
1: Stafford's hands falling
0: off and stuff. Yeah, like, okay. You don't know what's happening with the Lions sometimes, uh, They had man. some changes. It, I like Marvin here's Jones. Here's the thing. You just kind of said something. Here's what I like. You know, in Green Bay, he was with Brett Favre. Oh, I wasn't even you know aware that? of that. Way back. Yeah. He was like a quarter. He was an assistant quarterback's coach or quarterback's coach. I think it was a quarterback's coach okay. uh, in Green Bay with Favre. So then he, he actually, part of the reason Matt Flynn, I think, went to Seattle uh, I might be mistaken there. I got to double check that. Okay. But I, I saw the Green Bay stuff and then maybe I just associated Matt Flynn going to Seattle there uh, as well. But either way, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson became the guy. Sure. So this is a more, more important part of the story. So you get Brett Favre, he's worked with. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, he's worked with. Mm-hmm. And even most recently, Matthew Stafford, he's worked with. Mm-hmm. Guess who he's about to work with? A franchise quarterback. That, to me, is the story. Yeah. He takes Brett Favre. He takes Matthew Stafford. He takes Russell Wilson. You take all those experiences, and you get to share greatness. Brett Favre, Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, Hall of Fame. Matthew Stafford may on track to be a Hall of Famer given the numbers. We'll see. You get to shape that into Trevor Lawrence? I have no idea if he'll <laughs> call third and one pass again at the goal line. But the most <laughs> important commodity the Jacksonville Jaguars will have starting April 29th is Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So I like that part of it. Because how you groom this young man, how he starts his career, the influences early in his career could certainly go a long way in dictating which way his career goes and how good it can be. Mm -hmm. And it didn't start well for a couple other guys in Jacksonville before. So I really like this hire from that standpoint. I'm not going to over-dramatize and say, oh, yeah, this guy's awesome. Wait till you see the calls. Yeah, I don't get that. Like to be honest with you, if they kept Jay Gruden from a play-calling standpoint, mm-hmm. would have been fine with me. I thought Jay did a pretty nice job calling plays last year.
1: To answer the question, Marvin Jones Jr. is indeed a free agent this year.
0: Well, There's a lot of receiver like free agents. A like that a free lot. Agents.
1: Yep. And we're gonna say the audio bite of you talking smack about him, so in case the Jaguars do I sign talk him, talk smack you, about you, him. Uh, you don't like him. You don't, hey, don't like him. He's inconsistent. Give me his game
0: log right now. All right.
1: I mean, you kind of put me on the spot, but I got you, man. Cool, so much time we got here. I can make this work.
0: Can, that bed's like three minutes long. All right, cool, you cool, cool. one minute left. Oh. <laughs> Come on now i'll uh, do it for you i got i mean what do, got you, what do you want to know like okay four catches 55 yards four catches 23 yards 351 1928 580 339 343 896 451 648 8116 448 10 112 319 8180 yeah now, i'll take that hey, here's what's interesting hey, i'll take the eight receptions for 180 yards please and thank you yeah i won't take the one for nine though that's fine man uh okay here here's i'm gonna Tell you something when we come back about this. Okay, I've just figured out another piece of the puzzle that's on the way.
1: Okay, uh, we got a little more conspiracy theorist. No, this is reality. All right, are you tell
0: me how Marvin Jones is a good receiver though, again or not? Yeah, you're gonna like this. I'm gonna okay. be on your side here. Oh, good. Okay, that's the best Did side. Did you to bring be behind, the Brooke? Joe Cullen book today? Yeah, I got one. You got a Joe Cullen book. We yeah, got Joe Cullen. We book. have Joe Cullen stories, I got a Joe Cullen book. what Joe C all about.
1: Yeah. I, I I'm not gonna give everything. That's, that's that's not. That's <laughs> not Larry. bad. That's not bad. It's all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I couldn't. That first one was awful.
1: We'll be back on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. I had braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martineau.
0: So, so it's not once, stuck in there. <laughs> once, uh, no, it's not stuck so in there. It's not. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. I'm excited to be here. Uh, beyond belief, what I'm gonna have to do is make sure that I contain myself. So you may get a couple of things where I'm completely out of the screen because I'm moving, I'll do my best. Um, But I'd say this first, just uh, in regards to you know, the head coach search, how I ended up here. One of the things would be that I, I told my agent, Rick Smith, I said, make sure that they think I'm Matt Campbell. So I think that's how this has really uh, worked out great for me. So so now that I'm in the seat, I am Dan Campbell. And uh, But but I do know this, you can't go wrong with a Campbell.
1: Yep, that was, uh, that was part of my recruiting process. <laughs> Love the last name Campbell. That's, that's a strong football name. and That's what I told uh, the powers that be with the
0: Detroit Lions. What do you think? Do you think after the Dan Campbell hire for the Lions that they listened to anybody? Did you see the press conference, bro? I did. Did you see the did you see the, Bite the, the kneecap? Oh,
1: man. How We're, many times do you bite kneecaps, though? Honestly, like, like you, twice. You, you get knocked down. But then he was going for another bite body it, part on the way up. And then like, you grab the neck. Yeah, man. This guy, <laughs> uh, did you like the presser? I loved it. You did? Yeah. It's different. Yeah. I like different. Um, it's old school you know uh it's funny I like because how we tried i like the correlation to the
0: city of detroit you know yeah, i I, yeah. I don't mind that i think that was good i mean and that is a city that you can define like that right mm. i will say i this, think though. you can debate whether it's been it's gotten back up off its feet too yeah i mean detroit's still a, at least that last check for me now i haven't been a deep dive into detroit but still Mm -hmm. has a lot of issues i'm sure it does yeah um i don't know if it's come out of it is my point
1: i got you i mean when i was there you got the sense that they were building and uh, and they were you know kind of moving on to the better but i'm not sure i haven't been there in a while so i have no idea but with campbell though um you know, it's funny because when he said all that stuff, and he's swearing. I'm not gonna give you the the, the prototypical coach speak or whatever. I'm paraphrasing there, and like it was funny because the Lions organization, after that, was like, "We're ready to run run through a wall for this guy." Yeah. And, then, and then like the the like the the wings chimed in. they're like, "We we want to run through a wall for this guy," and like I imagine being a player, listen to your head coach talk like that, and yeah, it could be exciting, but at the same time, it's like
0: because mm. Oklahoma- <laughs> you know how players <laughs> are now man
1: and it's like, how does this
0: impact me mm,
1: we do Oklahoma drills this year what are we doing how's training camp gonna be so like wow it's exciting and it's fresh
0: and it's, it's different the players could be like it's <clears throat> going to relax a little bit it's actually a topic I want to get into a little bit later on today uh, about some of these coaching hires seem to cater to the players I'm not sure Campbell did Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I don't know if there was a relationship. Maybe there was, but I think players would have that. You know, that's such an old school mentality that it's like, OK, this feels a little bit more like 1985. Then mm-hmm. we're going toward 2025 mm-hmm. when it comes to relationship with players. Uh, you know, again, I mean, it's a little it's a press conference. So let's not overanalyze it. But yeah, I, I just I wonder how that will be. And, and then you compare it to Robert Sala and even Urban Meyer. We're going to get into that part of it. And I'll give you some examples of what I mean. It just felt a little bit different with Campbell.
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, how much input you're asking me did players like, you know, when I say players, I say former players, um, you know, and former staff have I'm um, influenced to bring Campbell to Detroit. I think there was some to tell you the truth because to be fair, he was he wasn't really a big name, right? It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, we weren't really too familiar with Campbell if you will. So like I feel like the players that were, you know, in these meetings, well I wasn't one of them. I might have been. I'm not going to tell. But The players that were around these meetings kind of had the philosophy, I believe, that, listen, you had a guy in Matt Patricia who was very analytical. Now, I don't think Matt Patricia was a former player. Um, You know, he's got a great defensive mind, but as far as, like, you know, setting the culture and things like that, he might have had problems with that. And obviously, you know, he ended up losing his job. I think that you pulled a complete 180 now with Campbell. I think that you're going to get the culture building. You're going to get the old-school mentality. And I think that's been lacking um, maybe for a while in the city of Detroit. So I think there was a lot of input that went into the decision to hire Campbell.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and we'll see if it works. It does seem like a little – there's a couple of these hires uh, that feel a little bit um, off the radar. Yeah. And is that okay? Is that a good thing? Well, uh, yeah. Is that is that a super risky um or just reports reports and we all fall in love with them that these guys were candidates the entire way. So uh we'll talk about some of the coaching hires that, that did take place. Before the break I said, Marvin Jones, the reason would you told us that on Twitter he put like a smiling emoji that he's going to Jacksonville, right? Yeah, you Pebbles know, he's going was, to Jacksonville. Uh,
1: yeah, it, it was the, the gift from the Grinch when he got like the idea in his head to steal the presents and like his smile gets all you know, grinchy, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, it was one
0: of those. Okay, so I told you before the break, I said, hey, I thought Marvin Jones was a little inconsistent. Receiver for the Lions. Yep. Jags could be in the market for an additional receiver. A couple. But, yeah, I mean, you would take... The more than Mary. Obviously, he's going to be less expensive than a guy like Galladay, who's going to be more expensive. More on the likes of Allen Robinson and Chris Godwin will be Galladay. That is correct. This will be a more middle of the road, I would say, uh, but maybe some upside. How old is Alan Robinson real quick? Do you know? 27, I okay. think he is. Might be 28. Marvin
1: Jones is 30 years
0: old. Is he 30? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it'd be... I don't know if that fits what the Jags are looking for, but the reason why he he said that, yes, Darrell yes, the new offensive coordinator for the Jags, reportedly <laughs> was the head coach of the Lions for the last five games. Mm-hmm. He was the interim coach. Now I don't know what would have changed in this time frame, but when he when he was the interim coach for those five games, three of the games. Marvin Jones went off for eight catches, 116 and a touchdown, 10 for 112 for a touchdown, eight for 180 for two touchdowns. Can you imagine? So those three games, over 100 yards, and one of them, by the way, a 180-yard day. Have a day, Marvin Jones. He didn't have a 100-yard day the rest of the year Mm -hmm. prior to. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I mean, Bevel's involved in the offense, so I don't understand what would have changed during that time frame. But it certainly, as soon as he took over as the head coach, Marvin Jones had way better production for whatever reason. And it might have just been totally coincidental.
1: Well, if I if I remember correctly, because, you know, I play fantasy football, one of the best to do it, Brent. Um, when Bevel took over, I know they were hurting in terms of depth because, if I'm not mistaken, it was definitely out. Amendola was out. I think DeAndre Swift was out for a while. And then they had Mohamed Sanu Jr., and then who's the other – there was a dude – I can't remember his name. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to say – I'm, I'm oh, uh, Cephas Jackson, I think, or whatever his name yeah. was. Um, that's all they had. Like, they had nothing left at the wide receiver position. So Marvin Jones was really the only guy. And, of course, you had uh, the tight end as well, Hawkinson. But, like, that was it. So I think that he got a lot more shine because, well, he was really the only option. But you still have to call the plays for him. You still have to get him the ball. And, obviously, Bevel did a great job of doing that.
0: So if I give you this list, all right, you got you got the A-list guys that I would say from a resume standpoint, Alan Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin, but then you have a guy like Marvin Jones. Like, where do you think the Jags should go in free agency if they're going to add a receiver that way? Now, they could go with the draft. Uh, I think that's certainly a way to go with all the draft picks, and usually the depth now at wide receiver is ridiculous, mm-hmm. and, and probably is again this year. So... I actually think the Jags are gonna probably go draft wise, but that'd be a young team you know, DJ Sharks in his third year, you got LaVisco will be in his second year, and then you got another rookie wideout that you're leading on to go along with Colin Johnson, a young guy. So you could go the veteran route yeah. and have a, at least a, a little bit more of a veteran presence in that room. Mm-hmm. Um where would you like? If I give you those four names, do you want to go blockbuster? Do you like one of those big three? Would you rather go settle down with the Marvin Jones not spend as much money? Where, where would you who, go? Who are the big three again? I put Galladay, Godwin, and Allen Robinson yeah. in the big three. Is that yeah, fair?
1: I, yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. Um, I would probably lean towards because we're talking the big three here. So I, I'm probably leaning more towards Godwin or Allen Robinson uh, more than Marvin Jones. I think Marvin Jones is definitely suitable. But I think that if you bring Marvin Jones in the capacity, he's probably going to be that, you know, that two or that three receiver, probably two receiver. Cause I, th- I think Chark would uh, definitely be the one receiver. But if you bring a guy like Godwin, bring a guy like Allen Robinson, and in, in my opinion, now you have one A, one B. Right, and and now that makes you dynamic. That makes you a force to be weckoned with, and that makes you the fact that you, a defense can't game plan for one receiver. You know, like you you can't kind of bump the safeties a little over here because well, DJ Chark. No, because guess what? We got Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin over there. So I'd
0: probably prefer Robinson or Godwin. Yeah, I. It's good. It's expensive now. You're talking fourteen, fifteen million, sixteen, fifteen million a year. It's not my money. Um, hey, it's not my money, Is Brent. that worth the risk at the receiver position, I guess, would be my question. Uh, mm-hmm. Rather than – or do you go a little drop down there and then you get a guy that's worth maybe $8 million a year instead and yeah. cut that in half? And that's where well, – again, I have no idea well, where Marvin Jones going to yeah. be. I mean, we're just he, – he got brought up. So what, what will Daryl Bevel push for? Yeah. Right? No, well, I mean, he's got two of his guys that he just coached. Yeah. Or he's got a guy like Allen Robinson who he sees a lot because mm-hmm. in that division. Or he's got – a guy like Chris Godwin who everybody knows pretty darn good player Mm -hmm. you know and name your other guy. I mean, listen, there's a ton of free agent wide receivers. I just yeah. wonder if a guy like Beville will say, hey, we need more experience here. We can become more dynamic with X guy. Yeah. And will he become a cheerleader for one of those players? Well,
1: and, and that's that's a possibility. And maybe they, they spend a little less money and they don't kind of break the bank at the wide receiver position. And maybe they listen to you and they spend whatever, $8, $10 million on Alex Smith to teach Trevor Lawrence how to throw football. And that's he can't afford too. anybody.
0: You know. So who knows what's going to happen here, Brent? That would be good. I'd say more like five or six million, but yeah, never we'll see what we can get. <laughs> um, so o- overall, do you have any idea what kind of offense Beville will run? No, like, but once again, like I understand he's the offensive coordinator, but it's going to be a lot of urban Meyer influences. Yeah, for keep sure. mind, Doug so. Marrone helped the playbook a lot too, even with Jay Gruden. Remember they, they kind of, said it was going to morph together their styles. Now I don't know what that's what he said. Mm-hmm. How those conversations go, how much influence did Marone have versus what did Jay Gruden have? I mean, that's a common thing. So I, but you kind of do feel like it will be a little bit in heavier influence maybe by Urban. Urban's not a play caller, mm-hmm. but he certainly is an innovator when it comes to offense and how much of the concepts will be Meyer centric rather than bevel-centric?
1: I mean, it's going to be definitely a combination of both. But we always talk about how the college game has now officially, well, really the NFL game has officially mirrored the college game. And I think that when we, we've we broken down Urban Meyer's offense before a little bit, obviously he's a big guy that believes in the in that read option. He's a big guy that kind of believes in those vertical routes, a la um, Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay a little bit. So I think you're going to see a little mixture. I think you still definitely, in, coming from Seattle, I think that – bevel can appreciate this a little bit and having spent time in detroit where they 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 did run the ball every once in a while i think that you're going to have a nice combination um of james robinson because you can't deny him like the the numbers the stats the performance speaks for itself so i don't want to say it's going to be more of the old because it's definitely going to be fresh and exciting but i'm not going to be surprised if we see a a kind of a balanced attack
0: yeah uh yeah i well, I would sus- suspect that too. You're not going to put too much on a rookie's plate in Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't think. You uh, got a guy who was a third leading ask, rusher. Ask Joe Burrow how that worked out for him. Though. Yeah, well, that's, but I think that's a lesson learned too. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen. Joe did a nice job, but he also played half the year because of it. Sure. Yeah. Well, and Justin Herbert as well. Yeah, Uh um, threw a lot. That's a good point. But I think they would have run more in in L. A. Mm-hmm. if they didn't have the injuries. Sure. Remember, Eckler was yeah. out for a lot a, a lot of that year. So um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't get a feel for Bevel. Like, he doesn't come in. Like, you get a feel for Jay Gruden, right? When Jay Gruden was hired as the offensive coordinator, it's like, okay, I kind of know what he does. Oh, well, like, I he...
1: thought I had a feel screen passes, but what we
0: saw, two of them? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but we knew the short passing game was a thing, yeah, right? Yeah. And so the, the fact that this franchise went into almost more pass-heavy mode if you look at some of the metrics. Mm-hmm. Didn't you? Didn't we do that? Like, they led the league yep. in the, one of the metrics, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: in terms of run percentage to passing percentage, the Jaguars led the lead, league last year in passing
0: percentage. Yeah, so, I mean, that didn't even... Sh- I guess it stunned it me register. that they were number one, yeah. but it didn't stun me that they passed more with Jay Gruden. Well, that's right? when you're playing behind a lot, too. Yeah, and playing behind. So, But I don't know what that all means with Bevel, but Bevel has had pass-happy quarterbacks. I mean, Brett Favre... Yeah. Russell Wilson can let it fly, although I would say a little less pass happy maybe, um, when they were balanced. Yeah. And then especially in the early days. And uh and then of course most recently Matthew Stafford. I think the Daryl Bevel hire, if you only look at the quarterbacks he's worked with, I think you're like, Okay, that's cool. And mm-hmm. and by the way, Brett Favre, Matthew Stafford, that's one thing. But Russell Wilson, when he came into the league, so he was a rookie guy, young guy. Mm-hmm. And he was able to mold him and help him. Yeah. early on, and look where Russell Wilson is now. I yeah. think that's a great attribute of Bevel. I love the hire in that regard. That's the only thing I can really succinctly say about the Darryl Bevel hire. The only difference is with, with I think, even Farbo, especially Russell Wilson, the fact that when they got to the league, they weren't expected to be
1: counted on right away. Trevor yeah. Lawrence is going to come in here day one, be the starter, and you got to make sure he's ready
0: to roll. Yeah, yeah you do, but I if think the fact that you do have James Robinson in the back, maybe you don't have to load him up, kind of yeah. like you were saying about Burrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, What about Joe Cullen? I want the book. Uh, Let's see the philosophy. Give me a Joe Cullen story to head into the weekend. We'll talk about it coming up. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right. Welcome back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. All right. Joe Cullen, you got the book? Got, i got a book you got a book i got a book not sure you're supposed to have that book but oh um, there it is
1: put it out in there where everybody here you, you said Brent.
0: that yesterday i know well i don't know which book this one is i'm just saying I'm just whatever kidding. book you have you probably stole okay, it. that's the last on. thing i, I might have <clears throat> is it harder to do that now but because you get hard copies this day and age or is it all off the laptop i feel like it's all the laptop.
1: yeah it's unless you know like a pretty good hacker or somebody that works on on the geek squad um it's probably going to be rough to try to steal that
0: yeah um
1: uh, I don't know. Any I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't like steel. take that. Let's just say it. Take, take that sounds a little better than steel. <laughs> yeah, better. that's true. And, and, and it's the same thing. But for whatever reason, I feel like take that sounds a little
0: better. <laughs> uh, that's Friday, whatever. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All right. We talked Joe Cullen a lot yesterday, so we don't have to do it again today. You want a but story what, or something or what? I, I, I feel like I need a Joe Cullen story all the time, but I don't want to like ask too much of you. What do you mean? Too like, much of to me? These these memories are embedded in my that they're burned in my brain. If right? you're at the pickle right now <laughs> on a Friday in Wisconsin in January, it's snowing. People are drinking. Yeah, Packers are playing in the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. And somebody says, "Hey, Austin, you played in the NFL. Who's your coaches? Give us a story." Mm. You're pulling up Joe Cullen. Yeah. and you're telling him what? All right. Um two that come to my mind right away
1: do you want to hear
0: mean, listen we have a lot of shows you don't I have know. to tell
1: both no i'm not i'm gonna let you pick oh it's gonna be a dealer's choice here let me get to it do you want to hear about the hooters twitter story or do you want to hear about the time i had to go through individual practice by myself oh i know right two enticing ones two um two aggressive ones one very mentally one very physically let's just say Hooters Twitter story. Hooters Twitter story or the time I had to go through individual all by myself the whole time for 12 minutes.
0: You said Hooters. I'm in. Hooters Twitter story?
1: Yeah. Hopefully they can cut the check and get me an endorsement here. Yeah. Uh, All right. So Hooters Twitter story. So Joe Cullen, fun fact about him, he's no nonsense, right? And, Brent, I'm sure you maybe remember or not, but, like, when I was in the league as a rookie and – Do we
0: need music for Joe Cullen story time? Yeah, let's get some, like, I mean, dip wood dip some in burning. if you want. Just something very, very low-key, Kuz. I know we're asking a lot of you, but even if it's halfway we need through it's the story. Like, no, I mean, a, a rainy
1: day. I want it, man. Yeah, let's get some, like, wood crackling, like a
0: nice campfire. Well, you, now you might be specifically asking for something you can't get.
1: Okay, well, whatever then. Kuz, anything just chill? Storytelling? Let's see, like, the first note he pulls up here right you, now. He's you got any at his problem. Ariana Grande back there or something?
0: I'm kidding. He does on the other station. I know. All right, you begin story time. Do you want to drop a beat? Kuz will put the bed of music in. No, I don't want to drop a beat. All right. I wish I had said that instead. I'm going to drop a beat (laughs) You would have definitely upped your brand a little bit. (laughs) Or
1: not. Well, if he is playing a song, I probably came here anyways because I'm on a different channel right now. Yeah, I don't know why that does that.
0: Is he playing music? No. no? Okay. I'll I'll let you know. I'll start bopping. Okay, cool, cool. When it it happens.
1: All right, so the the Joe Cohen Hooters Twitter story. So, Brent, a little. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because you mind just turning on some smidges up, please, just a little bit?
0: Yeah. Perfect. There you go. That's good. All right, Brent.
1: So as you remember, um, my time in the league, it was very social media interactive. And when I say I was very social media interactive, I love to go on Twitter uh, and be a goofball, (laughs) if you will. Right? Like, I never talked about um, football. I actually made fun of a lot of players who, you know, would post pictures of themselves working out and all that stuff. And, you know, time to rise and grind. I thought it was all stupid. I thought it was all cliche. So I kind of took it upon myself to kind of be like the anti-NFL guy and tweet a bunch of random stuff. So this tended to make Joe Cullen upset, and I'm not sure it wasn't Joe Collins' fault because Joe Cullen didn't have Twitter. But somebody in the scouting department or somebody, might have been Gene Smith, kept on telling Joe Collins what I was tweeting on Twitter, and that
0: would get back to me. I doubt okay? Gene Smith was on Twitter. I don't
1: know. So you never know, man. Gene Smith might have had a couple burner accounts out there, all those small school prospects who've taken offense to that.
0: Following Colorado, like Jean? following Colorado School of the Minds on Twitter. Hey, shout out to Southern
1: <laughs> Illinois. Shout out to Central Arkansas. <laughs> shout out to Murray State, baby. We in here. We in here. We rolling deep. Go Ashland. Uh, go Ashland University. So anyways, so um, like I said, Joe Cole was never a fan of my tweets. Well, one time I put out a tweet. Uh, I went to Hooters, got some stuff to go, brought it back to my apartment. And, after, <laughs> and when, when I was picking up the Hooters, like the girl was talking to me, obviously trying to get a bigger tip. And, like, it was, oh, I'll be honest, the conversation was lacking, and I wasn't really feeling it, so I was trying to get in and get out. Didn't give you a good tip, sorry, but it was, it is what it is. But wasn't then,
0: the same lady that t- tweeted at you yesterday from the movie theater? Oh,
1: she's definitely a Hooters girl. <laughs> Might have been, Brent. Might have been, with all due respect to Hooters. So with that being said, after I got my food, I put out a little tweet. I fired one off, and it basically, to paraphrase, I said, well, at least I don't need to get a psychiatrist now or a therapist, because I can always go to Hooters, and they can hear about my problems. Now, this is during training camp, or this is after training camp, and whatever, I mean, it's, it's harmless. It's have pretty fun. harmless. Yeah, it's harmless. So, like, a week later now, a week later, we're going through practice and everything, and uh, we come back after practice, we watch film. And on one of these plays, I messed up, like, I had a false step or something, and when you mess up, Joe Cullen goes ballistic, okay? And Joe Cullen has told me a couple times, watch your footwork, watch your footwork. Well, I didn't watch my footwork, and now Joe Cullen is yelling at me in the meeting. And to paraphrase and to summarize, there's a lot of, you know, language being thrown around, expletives, but 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 the best part at the end, because right, like right now I'm scared, right? Like r- 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 right now I'm like, okay, dude, I get it, I-, I gotta get better. Uh, thank you, sir. But at the end, like <laughs> he could have cut it off. But at the end, Joe Cohen goes, and maybe you weren't always tweeting about the Hooters girls and everything like that. <laughs> You'd be able to focus and keep in mind, like, not all my teammates follow me on Twitter, like, uh, my defensive lineman teammates. So, like, Joe Cohen drops Hooters, girls, and not like, Terrence Knighton, Jamie Mincy, Derek Harvey all people break up and they're like laughing, and I'm laughing now. I'm like, dude, what come on, Joe? <laughs> so, there you go, totally out of
0: context, Joe Cohen oh, on, on Hooters. Well, but it was like, it was crazy because, like, you know, he,
1: he I got yelled at, and then there's like this moment of silence, like, this moment of pause. And then, like, he re-upped, and he he doubled down. He's like, and then you weren't tweeting all those Hooters girls all the time. And it's just like, dude, I got the point, man. Like, you made the point, and now you just made it funny. Give me that book real quick.
0: What do you got? I'm about to open up to a page. Let's see what we got. (laughs) Whatever. Let's uh, let's find it. Let's try to find something good here.
1: (laughs) This is like Mission Impossible now. Building a pass rusher. Let's go. Oh, dude, don't read it. I can tell you that right now. What is it? It's three phases, right? Yep. Uh, It's the get-off. It's the, yeah, it's like the 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 get-off, we'll say. It's just the fastball. That's true. It's approach. The approach. Get-off approach. Yep, yep. Second one. Second. Move area. Yes, very good. Yep. Always work half-man. Work the half-man. And the third is going to be the finish of a violent,
0: relentless finish. Most important phase. Yes. Turn hips and toe toward the QB. Sack, fumble, get the ball out, Austin Lane. Boom. Boom. Welcome to town, Joe Cullen, defense coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. More of that to come along the way on ESPN six ninety. Yeah.
1: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by thirty percent in twenty twenty three. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U. S. based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues.